2: Spirit is a divine person with an indwelling presence that demonstrates an unmistakable power. He's a person. He's not Jesus Jr. He's not a shadow of the real thing. No, he's a divine person Look at 1 Corinthians 12 13. For in one spirit we're all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. You know what all means? All. It's not complicated. According to Scripture, every Christ follower is baptized in the Holy Spirit. But this is maybe my favorite part. The Bible teaches at that moment you're also sealed in the Spirit. That's why we believe in a doctrine called the perseverance of the saints. Once you're truly saved, you're always saved. You can't get away from Him. Why would I say that? Ephesians 1.13. In Him you also know, you who heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He says it again in Ephesians 4. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed... The day of Redemption, so God promises you 're born of this spirit you're baptized in the spirit, and you're sealed in the spirit but there's one more thing the Bible talks about it tells us that we can be filled with the spirit, but when it talks about being filled with the spirit, it doesn't just talk about that time back at your conversion in fact, in ephesians 5.18, it says, do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. What does Paul mean in Ephesians 5 when he says, be filled with the Spirit? Well, this is a case where you look back at the words and what they mean. First of all, it's an imperative, which means it's a command. Every Christ follower is commanded by God to be filled with the spirit of god if you're not living your life as a spirit filled follower of christ you're living in disobedience to the commands of god you're living in rebellion second it's present tense which means it's continual which means you could really read it this way be filled and keep on being filled now why would we need to keep on being filled because we leak So the Spirit of God is with us. He sealed us into the day of redemption. But as you're going to see, those things that demonstrate His witness in our life, the fruit of the Spirit, they battle with our flesh. And when we make fleshly choices or we don't stay connected with God through prayer and intercession and the study of His Word and worship, we leak. So it's continual, a daily experience. Third, it's plural. He's speaking to all Christians, not just super Christians, not just pastors and deacons and staff members in the church and missionaries and worship leaders. No, he's speaking to all Christians. Be filled. And then finally, it's a passive voice, which means you have to allow yourself to keep being filled. So it's a daily thing where you say to God, I need to be filled with your presence. So how do I do that? Well, imagine this. Jesus tells us exactly how. Look in, in, in God's Word. He tells us in Luke 11 and 13, if then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who go to a crusade, to those who put money in a certain ministry, to those who walk down the aisle and get touched and laid on hands by the pastor? Is that what it says? No. How much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So based on everything we just quickly walk through. If I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. It makes sense that I begin Every day before my feet hit the floor out of bed, I begin every day, oh, heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, fill me to the brim with your Spirit today so that my witness might be a testimony to the gospel of grace to everybody I see in my little corner of the world. Well, what will that look like if I do? It's not my opinion. Let me just tell you what Scripture says. Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against these things, there is no law. What does that mean? When you're living empowered and controlled by the Holy Spirit, these things will so exude you, nothing's going to phase you in life. Because you've got the Spirit. You've got the power. I mean, that's what you've got. And that's what we see from the Apostle Paul. So look in verse 8. So he's just led these people who were on the right track, but they didn't have the real thing. He just led them to faith in Christ. They're now filled with the Spirit. He leaves. And he enters the synagogue. For three months, he spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way. What's the way? It's those who followed Christ. Jesus said he was the way. So those who followed him became those in the way. And before the congregation, he withdrew from them, and he took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Terenus. So this is kind of interesting. This may be the first time that the church rented or used a borrowed hall to gather and worship. Isn't that interesting? And this continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greek. So here you got the Apostle Paul doing whatever it takes, wherever he is. He preached, he persuaded, he persisted, he pressed on. And as a result, the gospel advanced. And so one of the greatest marks of a spirit-filled follower of Christ is the advancement of the gospel in his or her little corner of the world. So you want to know, hey, am am I living a spirit-filled life? Just ask a simple question Is the gospel advancing because I'm here? And I'm just telling you, if you can't answer that affirmatively, you, you better begin to ask, why not? Notice what else happened. Verse 11 And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Oh, boy this is about to get exciting so that even so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them wow extraordinary miracles what in the world's going on with this handkerchief thing I mean, maybe that's how we need to build new buildings, right? I sweat like a mad dog. I have all kind of handkerchief. Anybody want this one? (laughs) And so that's what people have done Uh, throughout Christian history. They've tried to take a moment of an extraordinary work and replicate that as if God was going to use that through them. And so unethical people have even offered to sell you their handkerchiefs so that you could have the power of the Spirit through them. Uh, of course, if you invest a seed in their ministry. Don't you dare do that. What a foolish waste of money. If you want to give somebody money for a handkerchief, give it to me. <laughs> these, these were these literally were sweatbands is the word that's used. And that's why I just <laughs> love this passage. They were sweatbands. Think about this like Richard Simmons used to wear. I mean, sweatbands around their head. And, And when Paul was finished with them, they would say, God is working so much through Paul. Let's just take those and see if he will work. Man, what do we take away? Well, I don't think you need to take away my handkerchief. But here's what you need to take away. God wants to do extraordinary things through the hands of ordinary people who are empowered by His Spirit and completely committed to Him. So, one of the marks of a Holy Spirit empowered follower of Jesus is that you're not living an ordinary life. Now, is that biblical? Well, yeah. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now, to Him who is able to do, who is the Him? No, it's not Jesus now. Not to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within. Yes, Jesus is working through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. You've got the power, if you're a Christ follower, to do things that you haven't even thought about, that you haven't begun to imagine. God wants to use you. He wants to do extraordinary things through your hands. I heard J.D. Greer say this week, historically, ordinary believers have always been the tip of the gospel spear. God has always used regular people to accomplish great things. So I would just ask you, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what is God doing through your hands? Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Well, it gets a little crazy. We're going to wrap this up. But look at this, verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, remember, they were in Ephesus. Ephesus was an occult city. There was all kind of satanic and witchcraft practice that went on there. And so there were plenty of people that would cast out spells and, and cause demons to come out. So some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to evoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Wait, what? So here's what's happening. These guys were not followers of Christ, but they saw what Paul had done and they went, wow, this will work for us. And so they go to people possessed by evil spirits. And here's what they say. We command you in the name of Jesus, uh, the one that Paul knows, come out. Let's see how that works. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them and said, wait a second. Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize, but who in the world are you? And then get this. And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, overpowered them, that they fled out of their house naked and wounded. It didn't work too well. Can you imagine if you'd have been sitting in the street that day? Hey, Vern, did you just see that? Yeah. You mean those naked bloody guys that just ran by? What in the world happened? I don't know. I mean, crazy stuff. What does that teach me? Well, it teaches me that fake faith will eventually be exposed for what it is. And that's true in your life too. You can't fake it till you make it when it comes to your faith. They pretended to be religious, but they had no practicing relationship with Jesus. And, and so the demon says, Jesus, I know. And it's the word gnosko in the Greek, which means uh, to have an intimate knowledge by experience. Oh, yeah, we know Jesus. Remember, James tells us that the demons believe in Jesus and they tremble. Their knees knock because they're scared it. oh, we know Jesus. And then they say, Paul, we know. And it's a different Greek word, it's the word epistemi, which means by proximity. So we've been watching this Paul guy, and he's got the real thing, he's different. But you jokers, you ain't got this stuff. What y'all doing? We about to tear y'all up. And they did. And so, another thing you've got to learn is you don't want to mess with the devil if you don't have Jesus. The dark things of this world, whether it be fortune tellers or palm readers or witchcraft or, or satanic games, that is not a game. The devil is the prince of this earth. He will kick your rear if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But if you do, he knows it. Remember old Bill? Now remember what Paul said when he first came to Ephesus? Hey, hey guys, do, do y'all know the Holy Spirit? No, who's he? Now, we come to these guys in Ephesus. They're they're being beat up by the demons and the demons say we don't know you. Here's my question for you. Does the devil know your name? I'm just telling you, I'm a sinner saved by grace, but when I'm when I'm at my best, it fires me up when I'm walking through a trial and I recognize that's the devil. That's right. And you're just a son of you you have lost. You're going to be thrown in the pit of hell, and I'm glad you know my name because one day I'm gonna spit on you because you are sorry. You are a defeated foe. And I want to live in such a way. I want to live in such a way to make the devil mad. When I'm at my best, I want to take on hell with a water pistol. Because we got the power. We're overcomers. We're victorious. Our God is the champion. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Now, here's the punchline. Look at verse 17. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greek. Hmm. When God begins to show up, word begins to get out. And I would just say this here. If, if, if the Holy Spirit of God begin to fall on this church, we won't have to do a marketing campaign. People will flood in the doors to begin to say, how do I get what you've got? When a person is on, on fire with the Holy Spirit of God, people will gather to watch him burn so notice what happened, fear fell upon them and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. It was praised. And many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. Remember, it's a witchcraft capital. It was a big area of the occult. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevailed mightily. What happened? These people were filled with the spirit. Don't miss this. There was conviction. There was confession. There was commitment. And there was change. When the Holy Spirit of God comes into your life, he can fix you of sin. He drives you to a point of confession you forsake that sin and commit to follow him and there's change in your life. Remember the point. The witness of the Holy Spirit in an individual's life is the one piece of indisputable evidence that a person possesses a sincere relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. So do you have these marks of the Holy Spirit in your life. What are they? Well, just like these folks in Ephesus. When you've been impacted by the Holy Spirit of God, all of a sudden, the name of Jesus is the most important name to you. Not your name, not the name of some family member that you want to love you like you love them, not the name of somebody you're trying to impress, not the name of everybody that you want to know your name. No, when you're overwhelmed by the Spirit of God, the name of Jesus is the most important name to you because there's just something about his name. Yes. When the spirit of God empowers and indwells you, you confess sin and, you, and sinful practices are forsaken. It's not the same as just saying, I'm sorry, but you've got to realize, man, God's inside of me. I've got, I I can't continue to go on like this because it's not just me I'm hurting. I'm offending the Holy Spirit of God. I've got to not just agree with God about my sin. I've got to get rid of this stuff. Third, the things that once seemed valuable are no longer that important to you. So here's an interesting part of this story. They took all these witchcraft books and they burned them. But Dr. Luke doesn't stop by just giving us that fact. He tells us how much they were worth. And we don't know exactly because we weren't there. But theologians have studied this and said it would be the equivalent of a working man's wage for 138 years. So I just thought about that. I don't know what a working man uh, makes today. I don't work. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, what's a working man? I, I took maybe say thirty-five thousand. I mean, I think that's a fair, maybe on the low end. So, the, the working person, thirty-five thousand for one hundred and thirty-eight years—that's over fourteen million dollars. They took that which was most invaluable to them, and they said, "This is no longer what matters most." And when the Holy Spirit of God indwells you, you'll do the same thing. So you may just think about what matters most in your life. Oh, finally, when the Holy Spirit of God is overwhelming you, the word of God prevails in and around you. So the power of God, it's, it's like when you walk in, the power of God is present. Man, what a great chapter in the Bible. What does it mean to me? Well, here's what I would ask. If I know that I'm a Christ follower I would just ask if I'm living a spirit-filled life. And the fact is, we've just got to, we've got to agree. And most professing Christ followers in our society are not. If, if we were, we'd be making a bigger difference, don't you think? So if we're not, and are, are you content with that? Or could this be a day of change? Could this be a day where you say, yeah, I want to just start praying that simple prayer every morning before I get out of bed. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, give me more of your spirit today. Fill me up from the bottom of my toes to the top of my head. Fill me with your spirit. But please, in the name of Jesus, some of you listen to this. There's got to be some of us here that think we've got it, but we don't have it. And that doesn't mean you're doing bad things. These guys were disciples of John. They were teaching others just like Apollos was in Acts 18, but he didn't know Jesus and he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. And if their life would have ended prior to that moment, they would have spent eternity separated from God. And the same is true of you. So if there's any chance of that, why don't we get that right today? Here's what the Bible says all throughout the book of Acts. The simple way to be saved. You just got to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all in that name. He's the Lord. That means he's the boss of all. He's Jesus. He's the one who saves. He's the Christ. He's the promised and anointed one from the heavenly father when you come to a place when you say i believe jesus did what he said he was going to do and he is who he says he is i submit my life to his control i'm no longer the boss i resign i yield it all to him when you do that according to scripture you're born in the Spirit of God, baptized in the Spirit of God, sealed by the Spirit of God, and you begin to be filled with the Spirit of God, and you walk away different. And everybody in your lower corner of the world sees the witness of the Holy Spirit in your life.
1: You've been listening to the Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement